I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is News Du Jour. Hey, you guys. Happy Thursday. Welcome back to the News Du Jour, a calmer space to consume the news. So I wanted to thank you guys for being here, for trusting us with your news and for sharing and supporting our show in all of the different ways that you guys do that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's honestly my dream to be doing this as my job, and I hope that this space serves you and helps you to better understand this fast-paced news environment that we find ourselves in. For today's episode, we have four, excuse me, three mini stories here at the top, and then we have actually some, they're not really mini stories, they're longer than that, but a few smaller stories to start off with, and then we will jump into our Israel updates. Let's get into it. So first and foremost, I wanted to let you guys know that a judge in New York in the civil case against Trump has now fined Trump $10,000 for violating his gag order a second time. These two are definitely testing one another, and it is going to be fascinating to see how this all plays out. For our second mini story, the United Automobile Workers Strike has expanded on Tuesday to include some of the largest GM plants. They are keeping the company's feet to the fire and that is until they reach a deal. So at some point this could be bad for the U.S. economy. We're not there yet so there's nothing to worry about right now and I will definitely keep you guys posted. For our last mini story, you guys may know this already, but the Catholic Church is undergoing a lot of changes as of late. We've reported on some of them on here. They are exploring some change basically in their doctrine. You know, things like giving women more leadership roles, being more inclusive of LGBTQ plus couples and community, and cracking down on pervasive predatory conduct within the church leadership. They have done a series of what they're calling like listening sessions where they have listened to the community and taken what the community has said back to the higher ups. And these have resulted in the church giving women a vote in their proceedings for the first time ever. I'm hoping to be able to circle back to this topic a little down the road and give you guys some more color and background information here because it could be an incredible turning point for the church We'll definitely keep you guys posted. And before we get into our longer stories for today, I wanted to thank our sponsor and ask you guys, do you have a lingering skin issue that you can't seem to get rid of? Have you thought about going to see a skincare professional and then thought, when would I ever have time for that and won't it be expensive? If that's you, I've got you. 
Protea is a woman-owned beauty business based out of Virginia. But here's the thing. They specialize in virtual skincare consultations. So yes, you can be on your couch, in your sweatpants, hair on top of your head. You don't have to go anywhere. But you can get top-of-the-line advice within your budget and guidance from a trained skincare professional called an esthetician. They also have a top-of-the-line, cruelty-free skincare line that is produced here in the U.S., so they can recommend products that they know will work for your skin. Your personal skincare professional will always recommend the products that are best fit for your skin, but if that happens to be a Protea product, they will donate a Skin Confidence skincare kit to an unhoused woman for every purchase. Y'all, I could cry. I love supporting a business that is both woman-owned and gives back. When you support them, you support our podcast. Book your consultation today at www.bookprotea.com, and that is in our show notes. So without further ado, we will launch into our longer stories for the day. First and foremost, Hurricane Otis. So Hurricane Otis has already knocked out power at the time that I'm recording this, and it is set to do even more of that. All communications with Acapulco have been severed. Otis is hitting Mexico as a Category 5 storm. Winds are showing 165 mile per hour gusts, and its quote-unquote rapid intensification has actually been breaking records. Flash flooding and mudslides with over 20 inches of rain are expected. The storm is expected to basically break up and disappear, though, after it pummels Mexico. But we'll keep you guys posted on that. I just wanted to remind you guys, all of that crazy flooding we saw in New York recently, that was like eight inches of rain, seven, eight inches. Mexico is getting 20 inches of rain right now. And this is just totally buried because of everything else that's going on in the world. So definitely let's like team up and raise awareness on this because I feel like it is just going to be totally buried and they're going to need our help. Next up, Mike Johnson was elected Speaker of the House. So you guys, Republicans finally did it. They got their act together. Right when people were kind of floating the idea of coming back to Kevin McCarthy, but having Jim Jordan as like the assistant speaker, everyone voted in someone new. Mike Johnson of Louisiana will now be the Speaker of the House and Congress can actually function. This is phenomenal. He actually won more of the votes than he needed to secure the speakership, which is really impressive and optimistic among such a divided you know, Republican Party that we're seeing. He was the fourth nominee for the position, and he is finally ending the three weeks long journey to get here. Well, that was my son's voice on the podcast. It is bath time at the Bulls household, so I apologize, but I'm just going to leave it in there for you guys because I think you enjoy little moments like that, so it's going to stay there. Anywho, without further ado, we're going to jump into our Israel updates, and I think it's fitting, actually, that we heard my son's voice because he is definitely sheds like a different perspective on all of this it's the first like really major event like this that I'm going through as a mom and it definitely you know when I see a little boy his age who is going through this conflict it hits home in a different way 
because I know exactly what my son is capable of and not capable of and what he can understand and what would confuse him. And I can just only imagine what these children are experiencing right now and how, again, confused they must be among all of this devastation. So it's definitely been a tough like 24 hours in my household because I stumbled across a video that was of a little boy who is similar to my son's age, height, um, just demographic. And it it definitely was the breakdown that had been coming for quite some time. But anyway, I wanted to give you guys some updates first. And then we are going to talk about a particular story of one of the hostages' mothers, um, among other things. So there are a lot of updates. Let's get into it. First and foremost, Biden advocates for a two-state solution. So President Biden spoke along Prime Minister of Australia about what's been going on in Israel, Gaza, and the West Bank. He said that the flow of aid into Gaza really needs to increase and that the U.S. is working diligently to help facilitate that. He also said that he is advocating for a two-state solution and wants Israel to pause their military campaign until all the hostages can be released. And then I was really touched by this mother's story who I've heard her story on the New York Times Daily podcast, but also again on social media. Now she was speaking at an event and telling her son's story. So I wanted to share it with you guys. Of course, this is just one story out of hundreds when it comes to this hostage crisis, which again is the most is the largest hostage crisis that has ever happened on record. So it's just something to keep in mind that this is still happening and these people are still being held in captivity. So I wanted to play you guys a little bit of her son's story. The last time I saw Hirsch was on Friday night, October 6th. We are Americans and Israeli, and we live in Jerusalem with Hirsch and our two daughters. We had gone to, as a family to synagogue and then to dinner at our friend's house. And at 11 p.m., Hirsch took his backpack he had brought with him, kissed me and kissed John, and headed out to meet one of his childhood friends whose name was Honor. And they were going to go to an all-night nature music festival in the south of Israel, ironically called the Festival of Unity and Love. The next morning, I was having a cup of tea when the bomb sirens started to blare in Jerusalem. John had already left for synagogue. I quickly woke my two daughters, and we went into our bomb shelter in our apartment. After 10 minutes, we came out, and although normally I don't use my phone on the Jewish Sabbath, because it was an emergency, I turned on my phone to make sure that Hirsch and Honor were okay. That was at 8.20 Saturday morning. Immediately, two texts popped up on my screen from 8-11. The first text said, I love you. And the second said, I'm sorry. And I immediately knew something horrible was unfolding in my world. We came to find out what happened. When the massacre that ultimately killed close to 300 at that music festival and more than 1,400 people total, when that massacre began, Hirsch, Honor, and 27 others managed to escape to a roadside bomb shelter and hid inside. Hamas militants came to the doorway and began throwing in hand grenades, which all witnesses with whom we have spoken said that Honor managed to pick up eight of them and throw them back out. But three of those hand grenades did get by and detonated inside. 
Next, Hamas fired into this small concrete room of 29 music lovers, an RPG, and then sprayed the room with machine gun fire. After a couple of moments of the dust settling, Hamas entered. Most of those young people were now dead. Some were alive and wounded and trapped under the dead bodies, so they pretended to be dead. It is from those witnesses that we know that Hirsch and two other young men were ordered to stand, and when Hirsch stood up, they all saw that his left arm had been blown off from the elbow. He had somehow managed to put on some sort of tourniquet or bandage and walked out with the other two young men. They were loaded onto a Hamas pickup truck and headed toward Gaza. Hirsch's last cell phone signal was found inside of Gaza at 10.25 in the morning on October, October 7th. And since then, we have been given a video showing Hirsch getting into that truck with a bloody stump where his left arm used to be. And that was 18 days ago. And since then, we know nothing. Why is no one crying out for these people to be allowed access to the Red Cross? Why is no one demanding just proof of life? In an article I read, it was so eloquently stated that when you only get outraged when one side's babies are killed, then your moral compass is broken and your humanity is broken. One thing gave me a whisper of hope from all of the horror on October 7th, because one of the witnesses with whom I spoke told me that when the rocket fire first began and all of those young music-loving hippies went running into the bomb shelter, there was a Bedouin man who was a guard at the kibbutz across the street, and he ran into that same shelter for cover. And as Hamas closed in on the bomb shelter, the man told the young people, shh, stay quiet, let me go talk to them. And he went outside and he said in Arabic, I'm a Muslim. Everyone inside is my family. We are Muslim. You don't have to search in there. He tried to save them. He could have just said, I'm a Muslim and just saved himself. But he tried to do the right thing, even though it was terrifying. And even though it required unimaginable courage. He was brutally beaten and the witnesses do not know what his fate was. But I take comfort for a fleeting moment knowing that there was someone trying to do the right thing when everything in the universe had been turned upside down. Yeah, so there's that. <laughs> I'm just out here crying as I'm recording. Um, I had to share that with you guys, especially because of that last part where the man was trying to save everyone, but also like the young man throwing grenades back out of the bomb shelter. Like that was just incredibly brave as well. Um, I just was floored by all of this. I was floored by her strength as a mother. Um, I wouldn't be as strong as she is being right now, but I think she just doesn't have a choice. It's either sit down and accept what happens or try and advocate for your son. That was actually recorded at the UN. So I just wanted to pass that along that story because I'm sure she's trying to get it into as many ears as humanly possible to help raise awareness about what these families are going through. And speaking of what families are going through, I wanted to talk about these six hospitals that have been shut down across Gaza. So like I said, six different hospitals in Gaza are literally in the dark. Literally, you guys. And one of them is the largest hospital in the region, according to the New York Times. We don't really have word on 
what is happening at these hospitals yet, or at least I haven't seen anything. But at the end of the day, we know fuel isn't getting into Gaza because Hamas continues to steal it and uses it to launch rockets. So that is the reason why it's not being sent in right now. UNICEF has announced also that about half the deaths in Gaza are that of children. News du jour podcast and sugar-free media as a company, we are looking for even better ways to help children caught in the middle of this conflict. We are looking into charities. We're looking into um, different ways that we can call our representatives or contact representatives to advocate for them. And we're going to be in touch about that very soon. We have some ideas, but we're running them past different people who are experts in this space to make sure that we can get funds to the appropriate hands and make sure that they're making a difference. But Please stay tuned for that. Um, I I know it goes without saying. You guys know this, but News Du Jour podcast and Sugar Free Media as a company firmly stand on the side of peace and zero harm to civilians, but also children especially. And so that is something that is very near and dear to our hearts. Everyone who works with this organization feels the same way. And so we're looking for ways to help. And we're going to keep you guys posted on that. So if you don't already follow us on Instagram, our Instagram is at newsdujour.podcast. It's also the same on TikTok. And we'll be sure to let you guys know if and when we have some better resources or fundraiser going on, something of that nature. And that for today is the News Du Jour. Today, I wanted to leave you guys with the quote, hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use to listen. A rate and review on that platform or a shout out on social media would mean the world to us and help us to be able to keep creating the news du jour and reach more people who need a calmer space to consume the news. But the best way to support all of our work is to become a patron at www.patreon.com forward slash sugar free media. And that is also linked in our show notes. You can follow us on social media at newsdujour.podcast on both Instagram and TikTok. You can follow my personal account at it's Annie Bowles on both platforms as well. Any little noises you may hear in the background are my rescue pup. He has a little separation anxiety and always records with me. We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour. Broadcasting from Oklahoma.